This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI Senior Writer Al Castle. Hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Brian Solomon, my co-host, has got the week off. Going to be joined in a little bit here uh, by Righteous Reg, uh, PWI contributing uh, writer. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the two big shows in the last few weeks from the two big companies. Uh, of course, I'm talking about AEW's Full Gear pay-per-view uh, where we got a new world champion and uh, a lot of other news coming from that show which was pretty widely um, praised uh, another great outing from AEW and we're also going to talk about uh, Survivor Series one of WWE's you know big four pay-per-views which maybe didn't get as much praise and uh, I was uh, there in person so I've got that perspective um, some good uh, on that show uh, some not so good and uh, Reg and I basically talk about how this really tells the story of AEW and WWE in 2021 and going forward. Uh, we also talk a bit about uh, Big E and his uh, outing, uh, his first kind of outing in that main event spot as a WWE champion, uh, headlining a major pay-per-view. Um, Reg, who's uh, written a lot about Big E, kind of talks about how he thinks he's doing and whether he is the future of WWE. Uh, also, a, a smaller uh, but but still very newsworthy um, item coming out of the weekend of tapings from WWE here in New York last um, weekend was um, the attack on Seth Rollins from a fan on Raw the night after Survivor Series. And uh, thankfully, uh, nobody hurt out of that one. And uh, the, the young man was arrested. But uh, we take a step back and talk a bit about kind of the bigger picture about uh, what incidents like that mean and um, what is the right way to handle them in 2021. And, and uh, maybe that's not the same as it was for many, many years uh, beforehand. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. Um, also, after all that, we got uh, another fun interview here coming up, uh, coming back to the PWI podcast, uh, a guest I got uh, the honor to speak to uh, once before, and now it's Candace Cordelia's turn with Ring of Honor's own Shane Taylor, and he's got uh, a lot to talk about, uh, the head of Shane Taylor Promotions in uh, ROH, uh, talks about the future of ROH, and as we know, um, maybe uh, uncertain to, to say the least, uh, they've got uh, their big show of the year, Final Battle. Uh, coming up, and it's certainly apropos because even uh, Ring of Honor is kind of billing it as the end of an era. As we know by now, um, they're shutting down at the end of this year after Final Battle. Uh, say they're going to retool early in uh, 2022 and come back in some form, um, I, I guess, around April. So uh, Shane talks a bit about, um, you know, that, that uncertain future, what it means for him. Also talks uh, a lot about uh, black representation in WWE, in, sorry, in Ring of Honor. I know this that's a, a cause that um, has been important to him over the years. He's always been outspoken uh, about it and talks about uh, his own future, uh, including maybe uh, taking a backstage role uh, down the line. So you want to stay tuned and uh, listen to that. Right now, let me tell you real quick about uh, both the current issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the next issue, which uh, might be out by the time uh, you're listening to this. Um, you can still pick up the special 
Women in Wrestling issue. It is our January 2022 issue available now. It includes the first ever PWI Women's 150 uh, ranking of top 150 women uh, in wrestling. Um, and uh, before long, I think December 2nd, um, the digital edition arrives for our next issue and uh, completing the trilogy of rankings that begins with PWI 500. It is the second annual Tag Team 50. Uh, a lot of fun uh, to put this one uh, together. Uh, really proud of, of how this has come together in the last couple of years. This now uh, the second edition. You're going to want to uh, check it out. And uh, there's a lot more. I'll give you a little bit of a preview of what's going to be uh, in this. Uh, what, I guess don't want to give too many spoilers away. Uh, but I, met, I, I uh, mentioned when talking to Reg that uh, we've got an interview that Reg conducted with the WWE uh, World Heavyweight Champion, uh, Big E, in this issue. Uh, as I said, the Tag Team 50 and uh, a lot, lot more. So you're going to want to go and pick this one up. Get both of them. Get them all. Go to pwi-online.com and subscribe. Uh, we are now officially in the holiday season uh, so why not get that wrestling fan in your life a subscription to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, the, the oldest and really only name in wrestling magazines here in the U.S. Uh, we are now in our 40, what are we up to, 42 years, something like that, um, and still going strong, putting out more issues than we have in a long time, uh, tons of new projects. You don't want to miss any of it. Go to pwi-online.com, subscribe there, uh, get half off the cover price. Uh, whether you want the print edition or the digital edition, the digital edition will get to you a lot faster. It's got some uh, cool interactive features uh, that you'll only find in the digital edition. Uh, but of course, if you want that magazine in your hands, that is our bread and butter. You can pick that up too. Uh, whichever you do, you can uh, save half off the cover price by subscribing. So please do that over at pwi-online.com. You could also subscribe to the podcast there. You can follow us on social media there. You could pick up a PWI shirt, also a great gift idea for the holiday season. And uh, you could also subscribe to the free PWI weekly uh, newsletter. Uh, again, place to go is pwi-online.com. Filling in for uh, Brian, uh, Righteous Rest. Thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. All right. Well, thanks uh, again. Um, so uh, a busy couple of weeks since the last podcast, uh, we've done uh, both major American companies, AEW and WWE, uh, both had uh, pretty uh, major pay-per-views. And I thought it would be fun uh, not just to review them, but kind of compare and contrast. I, I think the story of the two pay-per-views is kind of the story of AEW and WWE. Um, you know, uh, AEW had a show that uh, I think was widely praised. It was exciting. It was uh, newsworthy. They were making stars. The stars that they have were over. And basically, uh, I think- They fans, sent home fans happy. That's You just stole my next <laughs> sentence. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, fans left with uh, a good taste in their mouth. And Survivor Series really was kind of uh, the, the polar opposite. And th there was some good stuff on Survivor Series. But um, I think at the end of the night- Fans left kind of feeling deflated, unsatisfied. That was certainly the case with the people I was with and right. the mood of the Barclays Center and even um, the, the train ride home from Brooklyn. I think there was just a feeling of like, meh, I mean, not the worst show you ever seen, uh, but again, just kind of uh, deflating and really encapsulates WWE's 2021 stars that um, aren't over uh, nearly as much as they should be, kind of confounding finishes. Uh, uh, dumb angles, needless comedy, uh, just just everything that seems to be WWE getting in its own way 
uh, was was apparent throughout the night. Uh, what was your take on on either or both shows? Uh, Survivor Series is interesting. I think, like you said, it kind of encapsulates exactly everything that WWE has been doing this year. I think they had a, I wouldn't say the best uh, lead-in excitement to this, but people were ready for something big, I think, because WWE, when they, does, when they do a big show, they usually have some kind of big angle, some kind of big ending. Brock Lesnar showed up at SummerSlam. They always have something like this, so a lot of people... Most people, it seems, in the crowd and, you know, online felt like The Rock was going to somehow make some kind of appearance here because it feels like for the last six months, legit, WWE has been tweeting. They have been putting out videos. Everything that they have been talking about has been The Rock. They have been tagging The Rock. They have been giving it up to The Rock like, we need you this 25th anniversary. So people were excited for, I think, that more than anything, just the, the prospect of any kind of uh, rock appearance, be it live there in the building, a video, some kind of acknowledgement that, hey, it's been 25 years, I'm here, you guys, we appreciate it. Maybe setting up this match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania coming up. But that just didn't happen. Um, the show just is just a raw. It's just a long version of raw on pay-per-view. Yep. They're continuing really slow angles. They're continuing angles that people already don't care about. They tied the whole show with Vince and an egg, and it's just like... <laughs> because that's what, what WWE's been missing uh, the last couple right, of years, an right, egg mystery. Exactly. It's like, man, these shows, you know what would have made uh, Raw two weeks ago better? If there was an egg angle, yeah. I would have liked it better. <laughs> like, no, dude, what is going on here? I don't... It, it's, it starts to feel like when the show's going bad, like we need a McMahon to come save it, and we don't need a McMahon to come save it, and especially not in this way. So, like, people were upset. They were upset from the beginning because they switched Charlotte and Becky to be the first match, and that was most people's main event. At you least know, that think, match. Yeah. Uh, not to interrupt, but um, I think they ended up doing them a favor because right. uh, Becky and, and Roman, and we'll talk more about it, um, they put on a fine match, but they had a big hill to climb because the, the crowd was so dead by that point. Um, Becky and Charlotte had an alive, energized, uh, red-hot crowd. At the beginning of the night, I was mm -hmm. taken aback by how excited those Brooklyn fans were. They were loud. They were passionate. By the end of the night, it was a completely different crowd. Right. Yeah, and I talked about that yesterday on Twitter of how the main event – I'm like, someone tweeted how that match should have been the main event. I'm like, I, from the sounds of it, it was the main event <laughs> from yeah. everything that happened. You know, like people were – they gave that energy, the energy you would need for the main event it was there, it was presented, hot angle, hot match, like, it worked, it was the first match, but that's on WWE now, it seems, at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely, but but again, I mean, the, the being the so-called, you know, curtain jerker isn't what it used to be, I mean, more right. frequently, they do put a big match in that number one spot, very often they put the number two match in, in the opening spot, we saw it at WrestleMania when they opened with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, so right. I, I don't see it as any kind of slight um, I do think it was the match with the most hype, the most anticipation, and you could argue the most star power, uh, too, certainly with, with Becky being uh, in the match. But I don't have a huge – again, I think they ended up doing them a favor because uh, right. they got they got a hot crowd. Uh, but, but you bring up a few uh, uh, good points. 
the thing about The Rock is so confounding because they sort of created this problem for themselves. Yes. They, there was just no need to do it, right? I mean, like... Classic WWE, was, that's what they do. Create their own problem. Yeah, it, yes, it was the 25th anniversary of The Rock's uh, debut. But not having The Rock there, nor even having any kind of, like, video uh, promo or anything... Why even acknowledge it? It's not something right. that that most fans on their own even would have known, uh, you know. So so why? And and you're in New York and you're promoting his movie and they've got these rock in New York. You know, I know. the New York yeah. crowd's not going to take this lightly. You know it. You've been I, there. This is quote unquote your home. They say you know. I I got to give them the benefit of the doubt that they and I think there is some uh, reporting out there uh, about this. Certainly they they wanted him there. Short of that, um, I've got to think they tried to get him to record something. That said, I don't know that they did, because if they did, I can't imagine that they couldn't have put that together. I mean, he, right. The Rock's been doing junkets for, for weeks now, these video junkets promoting exactly. the, the movie. Would it really have been that hard to get him to cut uh, a one-minute promo uh, acknowledging his 25th anniversary and putting it up? Um, if they didn't do it, shame on them. <laughs> because And then the show was like sponsored by his movie too. Yeah, it was so like, he's this all is over what... <laughs> it. And um, you know, again, yeah, they, they it wasn't like fans on their own own organically would have expected The Rock uh, to be there. Me going into that show, knowing that there was some crossover with the Battle Royal, the the the, the Rock Battle Royal, and all this stuff. I, I had in the back of my mind, it's a possibility, but I did not expect it. But by the end of the night, I was thinking, well, they're promoting this so heavily. Maybe he is here. Uh, uh, who knows? And, of course, uh, uh, he wasn't. So, uh, again, just a, a, another major problem. Um, but let's talk about a, a few things. Uh, uh, Becky and uh, Charlotte, I thought, uh, was really, really well done. I think most people are talking about it as the match of the night. I think they did. Uh, I was concerned about this because of... Uh, the 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 real life animosity here, and I think some of that's been overblown too. But right. clearly, they were trying to uh, play into that. And my my worry was, especially at the Survivor Series and the history uh, with the Survivor Series, that they were going to try to do some kind of work shoot or something uh... like that. Um, I I think they did work a stiffer match than they otherwise uh, would have, but but not anything that that took it too far. And at the end of the day, they just had a really good match and uh, an intense match. And uh, I, I think it exceeded expectations. And uh, again, one of my, my takeaways is, uh, you know, watching the match was, uh, uh, again, why did they turn Becky heel? <laughs> you know, these fans. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. It, it was uh, such a reminder of how over she was, you know. it's uh, She's really honing into that. I don't want to say a tweener role, but it's like an Austin like of like, even when she's bad, everyone's like, well, I agree. So how am I supposed to boo? How am I supposed to boo? She did a promo last night uh, talking about the uh, 10 man tag and how people say they want new things and new wrestlers. But the fans did something opposite of that during the, the 10 man women's tag. And yeah. so you're like, well, she's supposed to be the heel, but I'm agreeing with everything she says. And every time she's, <laughs> She's, you know, feuding with an opponent. Her stuff is, it makes sense. And it's like, it's hard to boo this person when everything she does, you love. And every every time she talks, you agree. Yeah, she's just way, way miscast. I mean, she's she's doing a fine job 
Um, but it's just not the role for her. I think she's a natural uh, baby face. They've yes. got so few effective baby faces. I don't know why they would go against the tide here. Um, and yeah, fans just aren't buying it. Uh, so, but but nevertheless, they had a great match. We go into the uh, the Survivor Series ten uh, man uh, elimination. For for years now, this has been the real problem of the Survivor Series, right? There yes. Was, there were some years where they just abandoned it altogether. I think realizing that it was almost this kind of albatross, um, the, the the team concept just doesn't work as well as it did 30 years ago when there was more right. of a novelty uh, to it. Uh, but they still feel obliged to put on a few of these matches every year. Personally, I like them. They're kind of nostalgic. Uh, but I think there's a right way to book them. And it's kind of a catch-22 that this was a, a criticism uh, of of these matches, you know, way back when was that because you wanted to get the matches in in a reasonable amount of time, very often you'd have these rapid fire eliminations that were not believable. So wrestlers right. getting pinned 10, 20 seconds into a match, just, just rapid fire. And then you'd have uh, eight or 10, uh, uh, an eight or 10 man elimination match that was over in six minutes. The right. flip side of that is, you know, realistically, booking a match um, with, you know, as many as nine eliminations uh, takes forever, right? Yeah, and, that and, sounds insane. <laughs> and that's what happened. I mean, you had uh, uh, two matches that just went way, way, way too long. I mean, I think they were each about a half hour long. And uh, I think, especially with the men's match, there was a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, it so, so it wasn't a bad match, but it's just a, a big investment from fans early in the card in what is essentially a mid-card match with and, and the nature of these team matches. Um, there's not a lot of storyline. There's not right. a lot of, uh, uh, you know, rivalries uh, or, or personal issues. And nobody for years now has bought into this, you know, brand warfare thing. It no. just doesn't work. It doesn't uh, and, work. And they just keep on, you know, kind of shoving it down the fan's mouth. And to me, even though this was a decent match, it was the beginning of the uh, of the end because it really, really brought fans down and they never came back. Yeah, these matches, I have a couple thoughts on the Survivor Series 10-man thing because I used to love the, the original concept. They, The whole show is a bunch of different teams. And I think if they kind of went back to that concept and went over the top with it, it could work. But what they're doing here with the brand supremacy thing and no stakes and they just had a draft. So some of these guys were just on that team. You don't even. It. Yeah. You don't even <laughs> identify some of these guys as raw guys or SmackDown guys. It, it was hard for me sometimes to, to keep track of which team was which because. Right. Exactly. Some of these guys just came over. Like Seth Rollins was just on Team SmackDown. So like it's like, wait, is he on Team SmackDown? No, he's wrong. I'm confused. Like there's so much confusion along with it. And like you said, there's no, there's nothing, there's no stories between this. So it's just like, here's a bunch of guys fighting for nothing just because we want to get a bunch of guys in this match that started this pay-per-view and stuff. And yeah, so no, nothing behind it. And I see why it was the beginning of the end because it, it just reminded people that there's nothing happening here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I think that's even more case with, with the women's match that we'll, we'll get to, but um, yeah, you're right. I mean, one other way to kind of get through these quicker is, you know, on, on both the men's and women's match, they, they got down to a sole survivor. And maybe for the sake of storytelling, um, 
you know, that that's the story they want to tell or, or whatever. But one obvious way to shorten these matches is to have one team survive mostly. So you right. only have to uh, have five eliminations instead of uh, nine. Um, the, the other thing to do, and I don't know why they don't do this, is make the teams four-man teams instead of five-man teams. They, they were for right. years. You know, um, back in, in the early to mid-90s, they were usually four-man teams. That's that's two less people to be uh, eliminated. So that's two obvious uh, things. One other thing that I, 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 I... It's been a long time since I, I went to Survivor Series. I think I went back in 2012, and I don't even remember if they had any elimination matches back then. But being in the building for a 10-man um, tag team match, you can't see anything in the ring. Right. <laughs> they're all lined up <laughs> along the, the side of the ring. Uh, it forces you to watch the screen because you can't you can't see the action. Wow, yeah, this is just a bad... They just have to retire it at this point. It's not doing anybody any good. The Soul Survivor thing is just silly. If that's what they're trying to do, just figure out a different way to do this because... Don't. <laughs> if the, yeah. If the live crowd is having problems with this, we have to figure out a different thing to do here. Or the other thing to do, and I, and I think NXT has done an okay job with this over the last few years, building up to war games, is you you plan in advance far enough that you can organically create a uh, four on four or five on five right. rivalry. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not just putting a team together. It is a match with, with stakes. And, and you think about, you know, the factions that could have been at play here, whether it was um, the, the Hurt Business or, you know, a couple of tag teams, something like that. Uh, right. You could have more organically created a rivalry between two groups instead of. And, and like, you could have had that, the bloodline in the New Day. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, yeah that would I mean, they could have built to something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, that, that would have been a viable uh, main event. Yeah. Uh, six on a uh, uh, three on three Survivor Series elimination style uh, rules um, that could absolutely work. Yeah, uh, but you know, I mean, I, I I I'm okay with the brand versus brand stuff with the champions. I think sometimes that works pretty well, even yeah. though there there's not really stakes and there's not. And and I think you touched on this, and this is especially the case this year. Um, this was not. A, a pay-per-view that was promoted very well uh, at all. And and it almost seemed like their heart wasn't into it, you know? Right. Uh, it did it, seem like that. It seemed like, like oh, we have this show coming up. Yeah, like, it it's like supposed they, to be a big one. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the matches weren't even announced until very much the last minute. I It, it felt like they are um, trapped in this format of, of brand versus brand. They don't even, not even really into it. It gets away in the way of their storytelling because the very next night you have to abandon all that stuff because everybody goes right. back to their, their brand. So it, it's kind of a mess. One thing I've thought, uh, I mean, if you want to put like a, a stamp on the survivor series and, uh, uh, you know, make it feel special. I, I thought that the fact that, um, it is the, the second oldest pay-per-view. I think it's 35, 36 years old now or something like that. Um, I thought it would be a, a good place to do nostalgia, right? So, right. you know, they used to do those uh, old school Raw or whatever it was. Uh, mm-hmm. But, it be but but you know, why not make Survivor Series the, the one time of the year where you, you bring back legends? You can even have a, a, a Legends Survivor Series elimination match 
right. you know, where nobody's got to do very much because, you know, uh, you can eliminate guys pretty quickly. You have the red, white, and blue ropes, the, the old ring, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a, a fun thing. The other thing I've heard thrown out there is is put stakes on this brand versus brand. There has to be stakes. That's yeah. the only way people are going to believe in it. There's stakes. The the one thing I heard, and maybe it was the guys at the Observer brought this up. I forget, but they talked about um, making it so like the the brand that wins gets the thirtieth spot at the Royal Rumble or something like right. that. No, you know, Xavier Woods did a promo where he tried to. He was outside on roller skates and he was trying to make stakes for this. He said something along those lines of the winners get the last five spots of the yeah. Royal Rumbles and the loser gets the first five spots. And I was like, well, that sounds like a great idea. But they didn't bite that for one second. They didn't even, I don't even know yeah. if they showed the promo on TV. They just yeah. like, no, no stakes. If there's no stakes, fans are just not going to care. That's just how it is. No matter what, if stakes aren't there, they aren't there. And this showed very strongly here at Survivor Series that they knew this show was just a show and it started to become more apparent as the show went along and the fans went along with it, you know? Yeah, it's a real problem because this is supposed to be one of, you know, the so-called big four or even big three uh, pay-per-views, but it, it, and this is now every year, they have a harder time getting people interested in Survivor Series than they do even like, you know, one of your off-month pay-per-views, right? Uh, where they're not bound by these uh, uh, rules, both of the elimination matches and now brand versus brand, they they they, ca- they kind of have to stop all their storylines in their tracks um, to put on the show. Uh, that said, um, well, we'll get back to it. But I, I think they they in, in some places they did a fine job. I, I think the 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 Biggie Roman buildup in the few last few weeks was pretty good. Um, yes. I but agree. but before that, uh, I want to touch on. Um, well, I mean, not not to make this a a match by match review, but the battle royal was just awful, just garbage. Um, <laughs> further brought down the, further brought down uh, the show. Um, the, the, this is, I, the battle royals. Their the battle royals are always the same. We have a big. We have this big guy, and we need him to eliminate a bunch of people. They do it with the Andre the Giant battle royal. They do it with the. This Royal Rumble ever. It's just like a showcase for the giant guy. And it it's all the same. It's always so boring. And it was the yeah. same thing here. It's like, oh, we need to get all, almost over. Let's have him throw a bunch of people out. But it's like, dude, we nobody cares about any of this. No. <laughs> no one no, cares. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought one thing that was interesting in this match and also the men's elimination match is uh, that the, the New York fans uh, got behind some guys that I think would have been a surprise to WWE. Uh, Jeff Hardy in, in the, the men's elimination match. The people were crazy for mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy from the moment uh, he came out. A, a, a guy who has, you know, has very much settled into like a lower mid-card role in WWE. You see that that fans, at least the, the fans there in Brooklyn, still very much saw him as like a top guy. And in, in the Battle Royal, to, to something of a lesser extent, I thought Ricochet got a great reaction uh, coming in and him being, I think, the last guy. I wondered, you know, what if he won this thing? You know, you, you would get a nice right. pop from these fans. But of course, that was not to be. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's not what they have in their cards. Those are, those two are very interesting because a lot of people have been because I've been like, who has who is Roman have? 
here on SmackDown, like going into Royal Rumble, going into WrestleMania, like he's beaten everybody. And a lot of people have brought up Jeff Hardy's name. So it was super interesting to see that reception. And it's it's going to be super interesting to see what WWE does, because he's been building a little bit of a, I don't know what it is, but online, like people really like Jeff Hardy and he's in the crowds. It's still the same. He got his old entrance back and People still love Jeff Hardy, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Yeah, I think you could absolutely get a, a pay-per-view main event out of those two. You know, you you build up kind of the the rocky story of the the aging former main eventer who still has some gas mm-hmm. in the tank. Um, you know, he'd absolutely have the fans behind him. So they, they've got a while now. I think their their next pay-per-view isn't until January now, right? I mean, that that uh, the New Year's uh, weekend pay-per-view. Uh, so, right, yeah. so they've got some time. Uh, the, the women's elimination match, I think, was um, I think was the low point of the night. And th- this is really something, maybe more than than anything else, that to me kind of encapsulated the night and encapsulated where WWE is at. You had ten women uh, who represent most of the women's division, or, or a good chunk of it, at least. And it was apparent that outside of uh, Bianca. And Sasha, none of these women are over. Uh, right. You know, and, and I don't want to be too harsh. I mean, some are maybe a little more over uh, th- than other. But by and large, these were eight out of ten women that fans didn't were not interested in, did not care about, um, were not rooting for. And, uh, you know, they worked really hard. There was some good action in this match. And uh, the fans were completely, completely dead, doing the wave, chanting for CM Punk. Um, and it was again, and then Sasha and Bianca got in the ring and the wave stopped, you know, that, right. and, and that's worth pointing out because it was right in like mid wave where, where all the fans are getting into it, that they both tagged in, they go face to face and everybody stops what they're doing. And it shows you the difference when you've got characters, uh, in the ring that fans care about. And uh, but unfortunately, that was relatively short lived, uh, too. And this match just never clicked and and um, just wasn't very good. Right. It It's it's on WWE at this point. Anytime that they are upset at fans, you condition the fans to do these things. You condition this. And it's apparent when we know that the match is only for to, for Bianca for them to put over Bianca, for her to be the sole survivor. So why would any of your fans care about any of these other wrestlers when they know what that's there and there to do? And that's the same thing with Sasha. They know, like, okay, these two are the people. It's just the showcase for them. We're going to stop when it's up for them. Because WWE conditioned them to only care about stars. Only care about Roman. He's the guy. Don't care about anybody he's wrestling. Only care about him and what he's doing. SmackDown is about Roman. The women's division is only about Becky, Sasha, Charlotte, and Bianca now, Bailey when she comes back. You only care about these women. The rest of them are just side supporting characters, and the fans show that, and then the WWE gets mad when the fans show that. Well, you're telling us to only care about these people and not care about the rest, and it's showing here, so it's on you at this point. Yeah, and and the problem is that um, those stars can only wrestle them each other so much, right? Exactly. Uh, and and uh, you you've got to like cycle some of these other people in and out of those uh, spots. Uh, it looks like you know they're building for for Liv Morgan and um, uh, Becky Lynch, and I don't. I mean, I don't know 
what the reception is going to be to that because no, and and Liv's been doing a fine job and she actually had a little more support than I would have expected from those fans. Uh, but like you said, I mean, I, I don't know that fans have been conditioned to think anything about her, take her seriously uh, as a challenger. Um, then we had the, the main event. And, and uh, again, I think that the crowd was at its absolute low point at the beginning of this match. They even seemed kind of dead for, for the entrances. It, it's right. now, you know, 11 o'clock almost. And uh, fans have been in their seats now for four plus hours. That said, uh, a real testament to to what professional those two are. They brought the fans back um, with right. a, a really strong match. And, uh, you know, a few minutes into this, fans were, were way into the near falls and the big moves. I thought they had a really good match. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was I, I know you talked to a, a bit, minor spoiler for our next issue. Uh, you've got an interview <laughs> coming up with uh, a biggie. Um, this was in, in some ways kind of his like uh, arrival, his kind of coming out party, uh, his his first time headlining a, a major WWE pay-per-view as world champion in that main event spot. Uh, we know Roman's a star. What did you, you think of the job uh, Biggie did in this spot? I think he did as about as perfect as you can be in this yeah. spot. You're in there with the top star. This is the main event. The, your back is up against the wall, essentially. The crowd is on something. They, they've been in there a long time. I've been at these shows. I've been, I was at that eight-hour WrestleMania in New York with Becky. Me too. Oh, so, you know brutal. what I mean? By the main <laughs> yeah. event, we're like, just get me out of here, dude. Yep. I want the match to be four minutes so we can leave. But, you know, when you're, when you're good at what you do, eventually the crowd's going to come back, and that's exactly what was shown here. Roman's a professional. Big E is taking on this role head on. He had some great matches with Bobby Lashley. He's just been taking on this main event role. The crowd is behind him and they had a great match. I really loved what they did here. Hard hitting. All the Romans matches are very intense and he was intense here. It wasn't any of the criticism criticisms people like to make about he needs to get serious. He was serious. He was in there. He was walking around like a star and you know, they made it happen. I thought it was a re really great match. Yeah, I, I think the spot in the match, kind of the turning point where, where fans really um, got into it was when uh, Roman was hitting him with the Superman punches and he was essentially hulking up. And right. the fans got way into it. Um, and it, it's something that you haven't seen from his other op opponents. And um, uh, I think it's something they really need to get across is that uh, not not exaggerating, not making superhuman, but 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 really drilling down on the fact that this guy is powerful. Right. You know, this is not just another opponent. This guy is um, a beast in, in terms of strength and size. And uh, fans uh, really got into it. I, I'm not going to quibble with with the finish. I mean, I, Roman Reigns is the priority. They've been yeah, protecting him for, for a I, long time. I... Uh, but, but, but that's what I want to ask you. That said, right, I understand why they did it. Uh, I, I, If I had to make the call, I think I'd make the same call. That said, the fans were really into Biggie, and I wondered, what if, right? And if you were ever going to, to do it, um, you, you could have had Roman lose here. He doesn't lose his title. This was it. This was it, Al. Is that the this call you made? This was the moment. I, I, I would have made the call for Roman to get the to take the L here because he's invincible. He's been invincible. It and yeah. yeah, it wouldn't have hurt him at all. 
He would have really, some really would have helped Biggie get it get would have helped Biggie so much, and it would have Roman something to talk about. Like, oh, that was a fluke. It wasn't for the championship. He's on another show. Like, whatever. It doesn't even matter. But it's just gonna be like Roman did it again. Who's gonna beat Roman yeah. now? We know yeah. what you guys are leading to. We know that you want Brock Lesnar here. I thought it was pretty much with the Rock chatter. I didn't think Roman was losing anyways because I'm like, there's no if the Rock if there's any chance that the Rock is going to be there, there's no way that Roman is losing this match because they're right. going to set up the next match. But the Rock isn't here either. Come on, dude! Like, boom, you set this up. You got a match with E in the future. Like everything would have worked out. But I mean, I understand Roman's the guy. This show is all about Roman. This is the Roman show, so I'm not surprised by the by the result and. Also, don't think it. I I don't I don't want to say it hurt E because I don't think it did. I think the crowd, like you said, they saw that like, oh, this guy's on another level. He's taking Roman stuff. They're into it, and you know when he eventually does beat Roman, which I think he will, it's really? gonna it's gonna go over. I think I think so. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wonder uh, about that. You know, he, he cut the promo last night on Raw where, um, you know, no excuses. He essentially said uh, Roman was the better man uh, that right. night. Um, and But I if this is leading to Roman and Brock Lesnar, Al, I just can't, man. How many, like, we're going to do this again? Yeah. That's how we're going here? No, I'm with you. I mean, uh, um, the, the, the prospect of that being the, the main event of WrestleMania. Look, I mean, I always say WWE does their best storytelling um, leading up to WrestleMania, so I don't doubt that they're going to get fans excited about the prospect of seeing that match, if that is the match, and it does look like that's kind of where they're going. But that will be how many times they've done that match at WrestleMania? So I mean, many uh, times. Yeah, watched, yeah, I've watched and, like three of them, it feels. Yeah, and, and uh, it's just an indictment of like um, another year passes and you still haven't created um, a, a star Jeez, worthy of that man. spot that you um, you go back to, to Roman Reigns. And, and Biggie's talked about how he thought with the um, the right handling of this match that this match could have been a match that could have headlined WrestleMania and exactly. they could have made fans want to see it. I don't know if it, it's there. Could they have gotten it there? Maybe I do think that they're onto something with Biggie. I think he's um, he he's got charisma. He just checks a lot of the boxes. Um, I do wonder not to make too much of it. I mean, it, it's just one loss. Uh, but I think they they told the story at the end of the night that clearly you've got Biggie on on this level and you've got Roman yeah. on this level. You know, that's where and, I ended up at. It's yeah. like this is Roman's show. Don't forget Hogan yeah. must pose. Do not forget. <laughs> Yeah, Roman must Roman, man. It's it, yeah. it it's apparent. It's apparent. They I've talked about this before. They get behind the one guy and they just go. They got behind Cena. They got behind Hogan. They got behind Austin. You know what I mean? Like they have their one guy, and you need to know that this show is about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you see as the upside uh, uh, to or, or or the 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 ceiling for for Biggie? I mean, can he also be that guy? Can he be you know? One uh, uh, A uh, kind of thing, um, or as, as some people have said, have said, has he just been defined down for for too long as as one third of a comedy act, and that makes him hard um, to be taken seriously as the guy uh, in WWE? Uh, no, I, I feel totally the opposite of that because what Big E has done as the WWE champion out of the ring has been 
insane. He's done so much for like, I'm a black wrestling fan and what Big E as the black world champion has done for the culture is more than any WWE champion ever, even more than Kofi. So to me, he's already done it. And I think if they kind of take and focus on what he's doing out of the ring to bring different fans and different voices and different viewers to their product based off what he has done, they will see that Big E is the one and can be the top guy. He's even doing, he's done way more than have than Roman's done out of the ring. Like he's on boxing, he's at boxing fights, he's at music yeah. concerts, he's at uh, football, uh, college football events. He's everywhere. He's doing the thing that a WWE champion does. And Roman has been doing it for Survivor Series, but like, you know, when he's not promoting a big WWE show, he's not out there just talking about random things. And Big E has been out there since he's won the championship on every outlet that I know as not even a wrestling fan, as like a hip hop music fan or, you know, a fan of other things, of uh, a sports fan. Like he is out there doing it. I think he's shown that he can be that guy. And I hope that they eventually see it. I don't know what's going to happen here at Royal Rumble. I don't know what they have planned for WrestleMania on that side. So, I'm, uh, um, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we could talk about different uh, uh, matches, opponents. Uh, clearly, you know, something going on with with Seth Rollins. That's that's right. that's what's next for him, right. and uh, that's fine. I know he's talked about Goldberg. I mean, when he talks about you know, his, <laughs> his dream match, he's he has said that that's the one that he's pushing for. I don't know if that would be WrestleMania. I know he he was a, a Goldberg fan as a kid. Right. Uh, have, have you got any interest in that? I mean, just for since he's so adamant about it and he's talked about it a lot and I talked about it with him in the interview, he's still interested in doing it. Just So just for that, I think, yeah. And Al, they have to sell out a 100,000-seat arena two yeah. times in a row they're trying to do it. They're trying to do it two nights in a row. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> what just... What are I they just... going to do? What are they going to do? Two nights in a row? That sounds crazy. I just don't think they have it. I mean... Um... They can't. No, I mean, uh, I think about all those years they were running SummerSlam at uh, the Barclays Center here in Brooklyn. That show would sell out so quickly. I don't think Survivor Series ever sold out. And uh, right up until the day of the show, you could get tickets on, on the secondary market for 30 bucks. The interest right. just isn't, there, isn't there right now. And um, I don't see I, I don't see how. You know, once upon a time, I'd say just just the WrestleMania brand would be enough to sell a hundred thousand seats, and and maybe it still is for one night. Uh, but yeah. I don't think it is. I mean, I I think you're gonna have, I don't know what what's the realistic <laughs> thirty five forty thousand a night. Maybe yeah, uh, maybe you know. maybe you're getting forty thousand. And like, what match is gonna bring even that out? Of yeah, like I mean, what we have now, you know? Right. You, you you get the rock in there, and you got it right. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Place. Short of that. Um, I don't know. I, I I just don't see it with the roster that they have. Uh, uh, let's switch over uh, briefly and talk about uh, AEW. A couple of weeks ago, they had uh, their big full gear show and uh, the culmination of a very long storyline uh, for them. We won't go through the whole card, but we should definitely talk about the new AEW uh, world champion, Hangman uh, Adam Page. Uh, again, a, a storyline that really kind of traces back to the, the roots of, of AEW. Um, with, with Kenny Omega. And now this is kind of the uh, the passing of the guard, especially with um, Kenny now uh, taking some some time off and maybe a lot of time off. I mean, word yeah. is that he's vacating his AAA title. He's having, 
I think more than one surgery, and and he's talked uh, even uh, to us at PWI about feeling banged up for for a long time. So um, again, kind of handing over the reins to to uh, Adam Page, and um, I gotta say, I mean, I think it's a little bit risky. I mean, I, I know that there are fans who who love Hangman Page, and, and I get it. I mean, I, I I think he's an exciting, charismatic uh, wrestler, uh, but I don't think. A lot of fans see him as uh, the. I, I, I think the, right. the, the hardcore AW fans uh, do. The, the ones that were were fans of the elite before AW even started and are watching BTE every week on YouTube. Um, but for the casual fan who is just kind of discovering AEW, who was brought in by uh, names like Chris Jericho and John mm-hmm. Moxley, and certainly CM Punk and Brian Danielson. Um, I think they see Anna Page and they might be like, really? Him? Right. He's the top guy. Uh, right. but 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 that said, I don't I, I'm not saying it's not a uh, a gamble worth taking because uh, again, I see what they see uh, in the guy. I think he's got a huge upside. What do you think about them making um that move and and him now being the top guy, the standard bearer for AW? I had some thoughts online and people came for me. I said, what if Adam Page, what if Adam Page lost this match against Kenny Omega? And people didn't, <laughs> people were not happy about it. But it's like, AEW has been so great with just completing these stories and sending and giving people exactly what they want that I kind of sometimes uh, talked about WWE conditioning I have the brain of sometimes like, what if he didn't tonight? What if he just yeah. like, <laughs> what if he didn't give the people what they want and just like sent people home upset? And uh, Tony Khan just won't do that. And uh, but you know, I think it paid off here. It was a it was a great payoff. A lot of people enjoyed the story. They enjoyed the payoff. They knew what was coming, and it it was great for them. But to me. Brian Danielson exists in your yeah. wrestling company. So like anything, I can't even think about anything else in the world. I would have had Brian Danielson beat Adam Page on Dynamite the three days after, four days after the show, because you have Brian Danielson here. Just like Brian Danielson says in all his promos now, I'm the best wrestler here. And I'm going to show all you, and eventually I'm going to be AW World Champion. That's how I think. And then when I see him wrestle, I'm like, yeah, here it is. It's hard for me. It's going to be hard for me to get behind Hangman's reign because looming in the back is the greatest wrestler of our generation, <laughs> Brian Danielson. I yeah. think they're moving towards the match, but people are kind of like, oh, so that's going to be a great victory for Hangman beating Kenny Omega, then beating Brian Danielson. Wait, hold on a second here. Who says he's beating Brian Danielson? Why are we moving on here? I have a thing with long reigns. To me, I I get frustrated with long reigns, Al. I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't, don't really, I'm not really a big fan of long reigns in these day, in this day and age. I think um, the I'd like to look to like UFC or even like any sports in general. You don't really see like sometimes you see a guy win the championship and then the next fight he loses it. Sure. And then the next fight another guy wins. You know what I mean? And, and it's not always just one dominant world champion. I mean, we've seen that for so many years. I get so hung up on these old wrestling tropes and I hate them. It's just like, well, for centuries, uh, 
a guy is world champion for two years, for three years, and it gets old after a while. So is, is Hangman Adam Page going to be AEW champion for two years? I don't want to see that. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't have any interest in that. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a, a real interesting uh, discussion. Uh, for, for one, uh, I agree. I mean, I see Adam Page and knowing, like you said, that uh, Brian Danielson is waiting in the wings, CM Punk to some extent, and, and right. a number of others. You, you, MJF you see even, you know? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you see other guys who are, are primed for that position, and it feels, because of that, it does feel like maybe Paige is in um, that, that transitional uh, uh, champion kind of spot. But, as I said, this was like a story that was like two years in the making, right. and um, you, you don't get the sense that they're going to blow through it that quickly. There right? was a couple I, of timing issues, too, because like, right. I think this would have hit a little bit different if they had done it at all out, if Adam Page hadn't, you know had a baby and kind of was out for a while. If they had done this like right before Brian Danielson or right the same day that Brian Danielson came in, maybe like this things could have changed, but like the timing on it just seems a little bit late to me. But yeah, but it does feel like um, a page is their project and they seem determined to get him over um, on, on that top level with, a an Omega and a Danielson and and a mm-hmm. Punk and a Jericho and a Moxley as uh, a top top uh, guy. Uh, again, I I think the 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 faithful the the hardcores accept it. I think they got to yeah. do a little bit of work to to win over some of the more uh, casuals. Right. Um, and in some ways, it's a good problem to have that you've got like this wealth of star power that um, th- there's a long line of of uh, challengers who or believable as champion. The other thing to take into consideration, though, is that, you know, look now at the the history uh, of that title. Um, you had uh, Jericho, you know, known as a WWE guy, right? Yep. He loses it to Moxley, a WWE guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get the Long Omega Reign and now Paige. Uh, so do you think there'd be some, some backlash if they then went and they put it on Danielson or Punk? I mean, again, these guys that a lot of fans still see as ex-WWE guys? Yeah, see, I don't see them as ex-WWE guys, even though they are, but to me, they're not. So <laughs> I know I don't, yeah. it's, it's it's a hard line to, to walk. I understand when people say that, but it's like, Brian Danielson isn't a WWE guy, man. What are you talking about? He wrestled in WWE, but he's not a WWE guy. But I would totally understand that because they are going towards, they talk about the four pillars in AEW mm-hmm. thing, like, they're trying to build. They're they're establishing that they're trying to build a different, you know, different foundation for this company. So I, you know, it's. But you know what you're talking about? It's Brian Danielson. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and it's interesting you bring up the, the the four pillars because I think in some ways that those guys and you're talking about Guevara, MJF, um, Jungle Boy, and Darby Allen, uh, right? I think right. you could argue that all those guys are more over than Pages. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would agree that. MJF, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I so. mean, not, not that they they are <laughs> world agree. title ready. A part of it is just uh, exposure and and Paige taking right. that prolonged break. Um, he he's just kind of been you know he's out of sight, out of mind for a while. Yeah, else. yeah, that's pretty yeah. much what it comes down to. Uh, so again, I mean, it's gonna. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do at him as champing now. Are they going to have him in a bunch of like? tags with the dark order are they gonna have him like what's gonna happen here i'm I'm interested to see 
Yeah, I've never loved the Dark Order stuff with with Paige. You know, uh, kind of like him as, as his own man. Uh, yeah. So so we'll see. All this said, I mean, this is kind of nitpicky stuff. Kudos to right. AEW for taking a guy who they identified, uh, and, and a relatively young guy who was unknown, who they identified as having a big upside and and going uh, all in with him. You know, it's it sort of what we criticize them to be for, for not doing so often. Yeah, so. exactly. It's like a, it's, it's a good sign for the future that like you, you don't have to be a quote unquote WWE guy to be the top guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I wrap up, uh, I do want to go back to WWE for, for one small point and I and don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, but, but one of the big stories coming out of uh, raw last night, um, the, the follow-up to survivor series uh, is this fan attack on, on Seth Rollins. I actually heard, heard about it from my mom, <laughs> my 78 <laughs> year old mom. Uh, who heard about it on the news? Uh, so oh my it, goodness. It, it's fascinating. It, it's a story. I mean, I think for for uh, again non fans, they're more kind of uh, stunned by this than wrestling fans. For whom, for better or for worse, this has kind of become part of of, of being a fan. It's been a little while since we see these, but but um, right. You know, there, there's a, there's a one so often. Um, you know, uh, w- well, it, it's funny because one of these in 2021 is 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 different than. Um, even five years ago, ten years ago, it's probably yeah, years ago. it does look uh, different this year. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, one of the things is I, I, I think, you know, the 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 rule, unwritten rule, or maybe it was a written rule, was uh, you go into the ring, you put your hands on a wrestler, uh, you know, it's every man for himself, and right. uh, get ready to get pummeled. And it just feels like I don't know if that works in 2021 anymore. That's you know? right. You know, I never really thought about that, Al, because like now it's like they're gonna take this footage to court, or you know, yeah. like it's di- it's different. It used to be like. We used to see guys get beat up on Raw Nitro, and it's just like, hey, that's it. That's it for this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's different. It's so different The other different thing I, I wonder about with something uh, like this that I, that I do think also is maybe a reflection of changing times is um, when I saw that, I wondered, well, does this guy maybe have mental issues? Right. You know, exactly. Um, the lines are so great. It's a whole different ball game than what it used to be. It used to be like, we would cheer on if a guy get oh, in the sure. ring. The, the and, 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 and some people still out, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he would get pummeled, but and now it's like, does he have mental issues? How did he get here? What's happening here? So yeah. like there's so many different avenues for this. It's not the same. And so it feels like that now. I I'm I've been looking at discourse all day on it, and it's just like just don't do it as a wrestling sure. fan. I yeah. know like the people the the discourse is like the people that are gonna do this aren't really like listening to this podcast or you know what i mean like so it's like it's a it's a hard line but for the people in you know the right state of mind i don't even want to say that i feel like that's even you know it's i'm like just just don't they used to just be dismissed as oh marks right but but now again in 2021 for you gotta think something's not right with this guy right right And, and and that kind of creates a whole other dimension to it and it's not to say you know, take it easy on him or don't prosecute him. You, you absolutely should prosecute him um, if, if only to, to send that that message um, that you can't do this. Right. Uh, but but in, in a way, maybe it worked out as best as it could in that it was security that that got him 
um, out of there. And, you know, I think of uh, the situation a few years ago, also in the Barclays, um, coincidentally, with Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame, where, where right. the fan attacked him. And there you had wrestlers all over the, the, the Yeah. And, uh, they did go old school <laughs> with that guy. Yeah, and, T.R. heated him up for yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. And again, I don't know um, that that flies as, as much as, as well uh, as, as it used to. Well, I, and that was just like two years ago, maybe. A little bit yeah. over two years ago. I do wonder whether... And I don't know what difference this makes, but 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 whether this makes the case for some kind of disclaimer, some kind of announcement at shows, um, and it feels almost silly to have to do it. But for one thing, to make it clear, you know, fans are not allowed to come over. Um, the there's not a disclaimer about. There's this, not. Al. Yeah, there's, there's not. not. I've been yeah. to a million wrestling shows a million WWE shows and there's not a disclaimer that says don't come in here <laughs> or beyond that again as stupid as this sounds do they need to have a disclaimer at the beginning of the show essentially saying what you're about to see is not real right <laughs> you know, something um, along those lines of like these are guys are playing these people are playing characters like don't right. try to fight them there's not that yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I I wonder even if just sort of like liability, um, whether that's. I mean, in they used to have future. like the, the the don't try this at home thing, but that's that, that's not saying like don't try to come into the ring while the show's happening. Uh, yeah, it's always kind of ugly and unfortunate when you see something like that, and hopefully you won't see it again anytime soon. Right. Yeah. All right, Reg. Thank you so much. Really great having you on. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. For sure. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. I want to thank Righteous Reg once again for joining me on the podcast. You could catch his work in every issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, including the upcoming February issue, where he's got a big hot seat interview with the WWE champion, Big E. Right now, let's go to another interview. This one conducted by our very own Candice Cordelia, and it is also with a champion. One-third of the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions and the head of Shane Taylor Promotions, it is Shane Taylor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Face Turn with Candice Cordelia with your host, me, myself, and I, Candace Cordelia. Today's episode is featuring Ring of Honor's Shane Taylor. You'll probably have seen him in a massive amount of amazing matches, especially for Ring of Honor. And today we're going to talk about the promotion, but definitely talk about Shane Taylor's beginnings in wrestling, as well as the state of Ring of Honor and so much more to get into. First and foremost, thank you, Shane, for being a part of this show. It's an honor to meet you and a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was a great introduction. Usually, you know, I get on people because, you know, I should have heard somewhere CEO Shane Taylor Promotions, former Ring of Honor World Television Champion, current reigning Ring of Honor six-man tag team champion, you know, all the accolades that come with your boy, but yes. it's okay. It's okay. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. And I'm glad you mentioned all of that because I could have gone on and on and on with mm -hmm. all of your accolades but you know what it's better to hear it first and foremost from the talent themselves that's just my opinion and we'll get into everything that you've accomplished and also everything that's happening currently but i want to go into just a little bit of background a lot of your fans are of course very familiar with shane taylor's background growing up in cleveland ohio and your journey to ring of honor itself but just to preface for anyone that is unfamiliar do you care to talk about just growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, how that was for you and how you actually got your start in the wrestling business? Of course. Um, you know, 
as as with most kids that grow up in the inner city, it's uh, it was, there was a lot of violence, a lot of, a lot of drugs around, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, crime around, things like that. Um, for example, me and my brothers, uh, we weren't allowed to sit on the couches in our home because uh, my dad and my uncles would fight the drug dealers on the corner. They didn't like that. So they would come around our house probably about weekly or so and shoot up the house. Um, so my, when my dad went to work, you know, that was his sort of like, all right, well, if, if, if you guys stay upstairs or you stay on the floor, I, I hopefully won't get a call saying somebody was hit. You know what I mean? So, um, growing up like that, you had to, you have to grow up quick. You, you have to grow up and be aware. Um, my, mor- my moral compass, right. Is a little different than most people's. Um, most people would say, you know, who never lived in those environments. Well, I would never do this. Well, I would never do that. I go, Oh, okay. What about in this scenario? Well, I mean, uh, 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 exactly. (laughs) Do what you have to do to make sure you and your family survive. Um, it's very easy to cast stones and, 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 and talk about, you know, what people should and shouldn't do when you're not living in that survivalist mentality. Um, but you know, the, the, all of that seemed normal to me gr- growing up, right? You don't really have any perspective that's not that. Everybody you know is living like that. Everybody you know deals with stuff like like that. So that seemed normal. It wasn't until uh, I went went to college, uh, just, you know, telling stories to friends and the looks on their faces were like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, Y'all didn't deal with that. And they're like, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> Nothing like that ever, you know? Um, so, so that was a bit of a shock there just to see, uh, you know, that this wasn't happening everywhere. Not everybody had to grow up with that and deal with that. Uh, but it made me a stronger person. It, it, it prepared me for the real world. Nowadays, there's a lot of people. Um, I, I, I feel as though they protect kids from too much. You know what I mean? Like uh, at some point they're going to have to be able to deal with the real world, deal with loss, deal with um, confrontation, deal with people not, you know, accepting them, not, you know, liking them. Those those are things that you're, you're going to have to deal with. Um, and growing up in Cleveland prepared me for that. Then uh, once I left college, uh, was all American, you know, played football, wrestled in, in college the whole nine. Um, had to make some choices and it was either try to pursue amateur wrestling full time and try to be like an Olympian and do that, or, you know, try my hand at, you know, long snap paying and, and try to go to the NFL. But neither one of those really, uh, what was I passionate about, you know, but pro wrestling was something that I've loved my entire life, uh, was a bonding experience for myself and my family. Uh, so once I left college, I, I, I found out what the independents were, um, and it was an independent show in Pittsburgh where I was living at the time, uh, the international wrestling cartel has had absolutely a who's who list on their roster since, uh, their, their inception. Uh, and I ran into some guys by the name of Raymond Rowe and Jerry Myers, AKA J J rock, give it up one time. And, and Ray Rowe, who is currently Eric of Viking Raider fame. Um, so got talking with them, 
they decided that I was talented enough and smart enough and coachable enough uh, to, you know, for them to help. And here we are 14 crazy years later. Mm. And it's all very fascinating. One of the things that really struck out to me as you were stating your story was, Mm. you know, growing up in Cleveland. And it sounds as though that experience in a twist of fate prepared you for pro wrestling, I would assume, you know, just being able kind to your feet um, and, and deal with adversity. Uh, when you got into the pro wrestling scheme of things and were starting to train, was there anything that stuck out to you where you thought, wow, this perhaps is much more difficult than I anticipated? Or, or did you ever have any doubts when you were starting your training about forging a career in pro wrestling? Not so much from a skill perspective. I, I, a lot of the amateur, amateur wrestling kind of goes hand in hand with the movement and trying to anticipate movement and things like that, being prepared for anything at any time. A lot of what came, what, what was hard for me to wrap my mind around was the business side of it, the political side of it, the ego side of it, right? Because I come from sports, from, from a sports background where my hard work and my skill determines how successful I am, not someone else's opinion of me. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And that was something that really, you know, took a while to understand because here I am thinking, all right, well, if I'm going out having better matches than this person, the crowd is reacting more than this person. Um, I'm doing this, 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 this. I'm doing all the things that I've been told are supposed to be what helps you be successful. Um, why is this not happening? You know what I mean? And, you know, you understand, okay, well, there's favoritism, there's this, there's that, you know? Um, and, and again, I had a mindset like football, right? Like if I run a, if I run a four, a four, two forty, and you run a four or five, chances are I'm going to be the starting receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, well, okay, I'm going to have to run a four, six to make your four or five look faster. You know what I mean? Like I, that, I, my mind just couldn't wrap itself around that, you know, but being in, in, in this game for as long as I have, I understand what it is now. Um, I understand the things that I have to do, uh, the, the battles that I can fight, the battles that I shouldn't fight, um, ones that, you know, will help ones that will, that will hinder. So it, it really did get me ready for the crazy world of pro wrestling. Um, because just like that, you're going to have to know when a situation is, uh, going bad, when you need to leave, when you need to move around, when you need to, um, you know, maybe even call for help, you know what I mean? Just to make sure, um, that you're safe. The people around you are safe and everybody's taken care of. When did it click for you? The business side of things, was there a certain moment where you thought, okay, now I get it. Now I know how to navigate it. Or do you think that even now in 2021 going forward, it's still something that you're, even when you think you have it figured out, it just kind of, you know, something happens that's out of your control and you're thinking, oh, I have to re-navigate what I think about the business side of wrestling. Um, A little bit of both because the sport is ever evolving. So I feel like everybody's always tinkering and, and, and trying to, you know, to, to, to learn more. Um, but at this point, I feel like I've, I've got a pretty good grasp on it. Um, and it is kind of just, uh, 
continuing to study up and continuing to see trends and figuring out how to how to be um, as creative as as possible to capitalize on things at the right time. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's there are going to be unexpected things clearly <laughs> um, in, in in the last week or so. You know, it's it, it's been a crazy amount of uncertainty, a crazy, crazy amount of news. Um, but there's also with the with the shock, with the loss, with the you know, tragedies, with the, you know, things that have and there's also excitement. There's also um, an intensity, you know, a uh, a a a lot of egg expectation and hope is as well for, for so many cool things to happen. So uh, it's definitely an, an, an exciting and ever changing sort of time right now. And I like the fact that you said exciting, even as you will get right into it. I mean, ring of honor, uh, the news right. recently, um, the promotion going on hiatus and, and everyone involved uh, being let go um, on a temporary mm-hmm. basis. But just judging from the headlines and everyone talking, no one is no one knows what's going to happen next week, much less at the end of this year going into 2022. So with everything that you've achieved at Ring of Honor leading up to this point, what are your thoughts? I mean, where where do you foresee the company going in your personal opinion? Um, I mean, that's, that's the million dollar question. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things that could happen. Um, I hope that the changes that they need to make that have been suggested, that have been told, that have been said damn near ad ad nauseum for years. I hope those changes are made. It's going to be very hard to expect more success or a different result if a lot of those changes aren't made. Um, but those are going to be decisions that are handled by those at the top and we'll see what happens. You know, you have, I think that a lot of the professional wrestling world has been in sort of this safe bubble because of ROH. And there's a lot of people who maybe. Uh, have forgotten just how talented our roster really is Um, because I would put our top 20 against anybody's in the shows that we put on have been consistently better. Um, And I think once you start seeing more of these ring of honor talents out into the independence and in other companies, you're going to see real quick that the level of difficulty, the, the, the challenge, the, you know, level of talent uh, has gone up tremendously and people are, are a lot of people are going to have to start playing catch up um, because we've been sort of sharpening each other this whole time. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to, to see what a lot of my uh, peers are, are, are getting ready to do in this sport. Yes. And I mean, what are you getting ready to do with Shane Taylor promotions? You and, and your your group of compadres, you're very popular within, not just within the Ring of Honor universe, but wrestling in general. Your fans love seeing you and seeing you in the ring and seeing what Shane Taylor Promotions has come into. So what happens with you all? What happens next? That's, I mean, there's there's, there's a lot of potential uh, options on the table. 
Uh, we've had a few calls. I'm, I'm about to make some more calls today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it, it, it's very hard to move five people at once, but um, there's a lot of options out there. There's a lot of places that need uh, ready-made talent that can step into a main event role, especially African-American talent. Um, there's a lot of places that um, are nervous about who it is that we are and what, and what we stand for and, and the message that we send out. And then again, there are a lot of people who like to take risks and and can see just how um, much something like ASTP is needed in the sport right now um, and are ready to uh, take those chances and, and, and really have some fun. So uh, there is there's 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 just so much out. There's so much opportunity out there um, and it's just a matter of finding the right fit. Um, and and being able to make it work. Yes, yes. And I have to note that you all are the current six-man tag team champs at Ring mm -hmm. of Honor. So regardless of what happens, you'll have that feather in your caps, which is a huge accomplishment. And you mentioned African-American talent. And one of the questions I definitely want to touch upon is just the legacy that you have in this industry being an African-American man. But also we're seeing a revolution, it seems, in wrestling. You know, we have hashtags like Black Wrestling Draws. We're seeing more African-American talent just across the board. Talk to us about what it means, first and foremost, to be an African-American man in this industry and the journey that you've had, you know, upholding the legacy that you have so far. Um, it's, it's a blessing and there's... I'm not going to say curse. It, there's there's a blessing and an obligation that comes with it, um, because whether you like it or not, you don't only represent yourself when you go out there. That's not a luxury that we're afforded. A lot of our counterparts can do that, and that's great for them. But when it comes to us, everything you do uh, is a reflection upon the culture. It's a it's a reflection upon the fans. Um, and that's why it's it's so important for me to be able to be one of those voices that says, I'm not going to be a stereotype. I'm not going to be a caricature of Black culture. I'm not going to lessen myself or deem myself less threatening because you're too uh, lazy to understand what my culture is. I'm not going to lessen myself to make you feel better. I'm not going to lessen myself to put your fears at ease. If you're afraid of me, but not the next man, that's something on you, not me. Um, I want our talent are, you know, to be able, able to be as creative as we want to be and not be stuck in the five or six characters that they have for black people. I, I want us to be able to have, and our fans to be able to have access to merchandise for as many as many of our stars as possible uh, those are conversations that i get into on social media all the time people go oh well you've been asking for this uh it better sell out because you've been asking for it i go it i don't care if i sell one the point is that our fans get the option to buy it that is the point and the uh well, they had this guy, they had this guy, they had their one, this, they had their one. Sh Sorry for cussing, but like, they're so, it gets me so frustrated because it's like, 
well, we gave them this. That should be good enough. You should be happy. Wrong. That's not how this game works, at least not now. And it should it should have never been that way. But we have the ability. We have the talent. We have the platforms. We have the voices now to be able to say that doesn't fly anymore. So that's part of, you know, that that's that was part of something that I worked so hard at Ring of Honor for is to be able to have more minority talent get those merchandising opportunities to be able to use that platform to talk about social issues to be able to do things and recognize um talent in the sport um especially like you know for black history month and things like to be able to have and recognize these things and make these changes are something that i feel um is a way that i help change the company for the better um and and with all and with all all of that too then comes the pressure of um being definitely being good at your job as well because representation is one thing but you have to still be fantastic at your job you have to be um it, it's not enough to just be in the spot you have to go out there and perform and show why you're in that spot so um, for me, for, for STP, all of my guys un understand that they accept that role. They thrive in that role. Um, and we absolutely love to show up, show out, um, and prove as many people who support us, right. Uh, as, as we do those who, you know, go against us wrong. Mm -hmm. What would you like to see changed in the wrestling business? And I pose this question, not just as we're talking about African-American talent in the industry, mm -hmm. just overall uh, from everything that you've gone through and seen so far in wrestling, what do you think is the most pressing thing that needs to change in your opinion? I believe uh, the sport as a whole would be better if not only we had more uh, diversity in, in ownership of different promotions, uh, but, uh, in management as well in marketing in talent scouting and every backstage phase of the game, uh, because the diversity can't just be in the talent. It, it's gotta be throughout the entire industry. Um, because when you have the ability to, uh, get different perspectives, from marketing, you can understand, okay, not the, the culture is not the same everywhere. Black, just because you're, just because you're both black, if one guy's from, from, from Atlanta and one guy's from New York, they're going to be different. How are we going to market that? How are we going to, you know, you know, uh, capitalize on what this individual is bringing us so we can give it to our fans, you know? Um, if you're from Jamaica, that's not the same as being from Haiti or Trinidad. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're from, you know, if you're from the Bahamas, it's not the same as being from Cali. Like it's like, there's, there's so much depth and history and tradition that people can learn about. Um, and when you have other people backstage who can, um, who can, um, relate to that talent and bring something special out of them, then it's only going to help the overall product. And that goes with marketing, with promos, with, you know, just, just creative, uh, different things, you know, when, when, when you can tap into 
uh, the individual and what makes them special, you can draw out something uh, that they didn't even see in themselves. Uh, but that's what it's going to take. It's going to take the ability of everybody from top to bottom to be able to do that. Uh, because if you don't have, have that, it's very hard for someone who doesn't know the culture, who doesn't know um, the details, who doesn't know the history, um, who's never had the experience to then tell you how to be you and market you. That's, that's, that's never going to work. Um, so I, I think that right now is the most pressing thing. We have the talent right now. We have the talent for in all age ranges. You've got the veterans, you've got the press, you know, you've got the current stars, you've got stars, the future waiting on, on deck. This is the time to be able to, uh, to make sure that, that, that this, uh, this era is the one that builds a foundation that, the next generations after us are only going to build higher and higher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What would you do if given the opportunity to have your own promotion, right? If that was something that was presented to you, what mm-hmm. sort of roles would you take on if in terms of if it was agenting, scouting, booking, et cetera, what, what really, what really intrigues you in that realm? That's a very good question. Um, Obviously, handling the day to day, I don't think I'd be a good booker. And especially if I'm going to be wrestling, it's never something that you want to mix. Uh, so uh, I would probably have other people do the booking and the scouting. I would handle maybe the creative aspects, promos, things like that. I, I I really love doing stuff like that is seeing, seeing what a character is, seeing what it is in my head, talking with talent about how they see it and coming up with cool ways to bring out that energy in, in front of a camera. That's, that's something that I really enjoy. Um, and it's something that I take a lot of pride in for myself, right? Um, promos are probably the best part of my game. And I didn't even get to cut one in, in ROH for like my first four years there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, so right. it was like, people were like, oh, he's so improved on, on the mic. It's like, no, I, I could have been doing this. I just never got the chance. Uh, so, you know, but, um, I would probably handle that as well as being sort of, uh, a, an agent for matches and stuff like that as well. I feel as at, at this point in the game, um, I've gained the respect of, of a lot of talent. And so uh, people would be willing to hear, hear the critiques that I have and, um, and apply them, you know, however they, however they'd like. So um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably have that role. Uh, as well as like a, you know, CEO type role just to oversee all, all of the financial stuff. But um, out, out, outside of that, it'd probably be more just cr- cr- just creative work. That's really cool. I love all of those mm-hmm. options for you. We'll see what the future holds, right? You never know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> what does your immediate family think about your career, your wife and your two children, uh, especially now, you know, having gone through and still going through this pandemic and dealing with quarantine and, and all of that? Uh, what are their thoughts on just the journey that you've had in your career that, thus far? Um, I, I think my my oldest is is starting to understand it 
a bit more. My two-year-old is just, you know, she 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 just likes listening to my theme to my theme in the car, and she knows when daddy's got to go to work. You know what I mean? Um, but they do enjoy what they they do enjoy watching the matches. Uh, they cheer for me when I win. Um, and you know, everybody's been real. So they've been real supportive. They understand um that when i leave you know it's it's not because i necessarily want to but this is my job this is what i have to do um so i'm going to be away but i'll i spend as much time as i can while i'm here um and it's you know it's a team effort you know if if anybody was upset or it was damaging in any way then i'd stop tomorrow you know what i mean because um I do this to take care of them, you know, and if if that wasn't helping, then I find something else to do. Mm, Absolutely. Has any of them shown any sort of proclivity or inclination towards wrestling at all? Or are they still just kind Mm. of the stage where it's like, (laughs) you haven't seen that yet? Uh, My oldest daughter, you know, she kind of hops back and forth as kids do. Uh, but you know, she'll, she'll say one, one day she wants to teach art. You know what I mean? She'll say one, one day she wants to play basketball. And then just like last week, she's like, oh, I want to be a wrestler too. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just wait till you want to do something else. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, if, if, if it's something that she decides later on in life, she really wants to cut, wants to commit to, you know, I, I, I know the trainers, I, I know the people to send her to, to make, to make sure she's skilled enough to make sure she's safe um, and, and, and to make sure she's got the best path to success uh, possible. But it's like, it's, it's pretty hard hustle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, yeah, I, I, I prefer you not get dropped on your head for a living. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, but you know, we'll see what she wants to do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are there any young up and coming wrestlers uh, that you have your eye on that you're really impressed by so far and that you're really just looking at them saying, okay, they, you know, this is the future of wrestling. There's so many. Um, and honestly, I, 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 I hate doing these because I always forget an obvious one and people see me and they're like, Oh man, why didn't you? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Dude. Like I there's just only so many, but obviously, you know, you're, you the world right right now is talking about Trish Adora as they should be Lee Moriarty as they should be Darius Lockhart as they should be um you've got you know and 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 of course I'm going to talk about my guys Khan Moses O'Shea Ron Hunt you know um you've got uh Nicole Savoy Holiday uh Willow Nightingale um there's just, there's so many talented men and women, Jordan Blade too. I'm trying to think of the ones just off the top of my head. Uh, Savannah Evans and Impact. Like there's just so much talent around. Uh, and I I couldn't, you know, uh, can't leave out, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ray Starks. Um, you know, you got, you know, Jonathan Gresham. Um, there's just so many people, Chris Bay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many talented men and women uh, that are going to be in this sport for a very long, long time and uh, are going to be able to take the torch, take the mantle and, and, and just continue to push 
uh, and continue to, to, to open even more doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love all of those names, 100%. Is there any wrestler that you would like to have a match with that you haven't yet, um, but that's on your bucket list, so to say? Yes. Um, we had a tag team match, but I, I want the one-on-one and that's Minoru Suzuki. Uh, I, I wasn't able when he was in his U S tour to get it, but that's one that I want. Uh, I want one with Okada as well. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people, right. That you hear these reputations that all of these accolades, all of that stuff. And to me, the way I grew up, something that my dad always told me until they prove it to you, no one's reputation means a damn thing. They either prove it to you or that's just not who they are. And so hearing that, seeing who people are calling the, you know, the very best in the world, uh, I hear that and go, okay, show me, prove it to me. Let, let me see what best in the world looks like. Do you know what I mean? Um, so you've got guys like that. You've got guys like Osprey. Um, so, so many talented people. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, Omega too. Uh, all, all of the hype, all of the, all of the bravado, all of the brashness, the arrogance, you know what I mean? Those are people like that you would love to just punch in the face and, and see just how good they really are. You know what I mean? So um, I'm I'm excited for a lot of potential matchups and opportunities that may be coming and, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. What is your prediction for the business in 2022? As we talked way earlier in this interview about all of the different changes happening just across all of the promotions, is there anything you can actually predict that you think will happen in the next year? Hmm. As far as, as far as what? The like there's no, mm-hmm. anything that you can foresee right now, even with all of the changes going on that you're thinking, okay, I have a feeling this is what's going to take place just within the wrestling industry itself. Um, I, I feel as though maybe throughout the pandemic, the independence sort of calmed down a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like right before the independence seemed as hot as they've ever been, uh, the pandemic sort of shut sort of shut that down, but I feel like going into 2022 and as we get further along through, through, through this, especially with all of the talent that's out there, the independents are going to be back where they were. And with that, I think even without being in a major company, there's going to be the opportunity for people to make a lot of a lot of cash, even on the independents. So I, I feel as though a lot of people will be, able to sort of supplement anything that they've lost with the ability to just be busier um, and, and have more shows to do. What's one thing about yourself that you feel people would be surprised to know about? Mm, I think kind of just how, like how, how, how goofy I am and how much I like to joke with people. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's very confrontational by nature, you know what I mean? But 
Um, and maybe this is a part of that joking that I do. Like I, I mess with people, man. Like I joke with people. I, I, you know, rib people, not like in the crazy way. I, I just, but that's just how I grew up. You know what I mean? I, 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 some of the closest people to me, we make fun of every day. You know what I mean? We, we, we just talk trash, poke fun. You know what I mean? But that's because that's because I'm comfortable enough with them and know them well enough to know that they understand that I'm joking, that, you know, this is, this is family. This is just what we do. Um, and so a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people that aren't used to that get really, really mad at me. You know what I mean? That we get, like, you just, you always, you always, I'm just like, bro, it's all good, man. I'm, I'm just joking. You know what I mean? Like people re- really get hot, you know what I mean? But, um, that, that's just, that's just me, man. Like, and I, I always try to tell people that get upset, like, look, if I didn't like you, I wouldn't say anything. Right. If, if I really, you know what I mean? was like, if, if, if we weren't vibing, I just wouldn't say anything to you. It, it would be the handshake. Hey, how are you? Okay. And move it on. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if, if, if I'm talking trash, if I'm on you, you know what I mean? Then, you know, we're good. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, um, and I expect it back. So don't anybody think like, you know what I mean? It, it's one-sided. I fully expect, you know what I'm saying? To, to get it back and, you know, just, just have fun because at the end of the day, when we're all done wrestling, man, the, the venues won't matter. The titles won't matter. Um, the only thing that we're going to have is, is the stories and, 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 and the bonds that we made. So, um, that's, that, that, that's just how I make mine. Mm-hmm. Are you a practical joker at all? Like, do you play practical pranks on people, or are you just straight like? <laughs> no, just 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 no, because like that, like w- when you start involving like people's property and stuff, stuff yeah. like that, that's when it gets kind of dicey. Nah, it's it's we just talk, we just talk trash. You know what I mean? Like, if if I see you and you got ashy elbows, you know what I'm saying? I'm on you. You know what I'm saying? If 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 your pants are too tight, I'm on you. You know what I'm saying? Like. Just stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'll be like, I'll be like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll look across the ring and just be holding some lotion. Like, uh, 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 you all right? You know, like <laughs> stuff like people be like, come on, man. You know, I'm like, uh, you know, like we were just in Baltimore, you know, you get out of the shower, you hit in that cold air, you dry up pretty quick. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. But you know, it'd be like, Hey, I, I see you struggling out here, boy. You're struggling, huh? You're like this stuff like that. And I, it's gotten to the point where like a lot of the minority talent on the roster in ROH do it now. Like we'll get each other. Like, so you, like you're, you're never safe. You know what I'm saying? So you always gotta be, you know, you always gotta be lotioned up. You always gotta be ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Cause people are looking at you, but that's, that's the environment that I try to create, man. It's just one where everybody's having fun. Everybody can talk trash and you know what I mean? And just enjoy what it is that we do. Yes. So note to self, stay hydrated and moisturized mm. around Shane Taylor and crew. At all times. <laughs> At all times. If we catch you out here lacking, it's going to be, you got some hurt feelings. Oh, gotta keep it, gotta keep it moisturized. Seriously. It's, it's hard That's out it. here, especially on the East coast. I totally feel you 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. What is one thing that you really, really hope to accomplish uh, in the next year um, whether it's in wrestling or not, if it's outside of wrestling, you know, that's even more so, you know, the prerogative. Right. Um, 
I want to be able to be in a position to help sponsor other athletes as well. Uh, there's a lot of us who don't get to have the international opportunities that our counterparts get um, to get the exposure, to get, to get the platforms. Uh, something that I'm already doing at, at VIP Wrestling is being able to be in the ring, uh, especially with young black talent, uh, that a lot of people may, may not know in Texas uh, and being able to get in the ring with them and give them a hell of a match and give them a, a sort of launching pad in, in this area to be able to go out and get more eyes and get more bookings, make more cash, things like that. I enjoy using my platform to be able to do that and share that with them. Uh, and, you know, if any if anybody who hasn't seen them you know, gets to because of that match uh, and they get to make, you know, get, get to put some more money in their pocket than even better. Um, I think personally for me, I want to be able to achieve the goal that I set out to achieve in ring, in ring of honor. And that is becoming a world champion, being the face of a company, proving that you can have uh black talent that's unapologetic about who they are proud of who they are they aren't taking steps back to you know uh, make themselves um less dangerous or or you know e even using that perception of or of you they, they simply just get to be themselves um and that and improve that not only our fans uh, and our and our culture will embrace it, but other people will as, will as well. Um, I think I checked off every box that I could in Ring of Honor to be able to do that. Uh, it simply just wasn't something that you know people wanted at the time. Not people, not the fans, but other people. Um, but it is what it, it is. What it is, and now we're in a situation where um, I potentially get to do that elsewhere. You know, so. That's going to be the goal is going to continue to push toward towards that and be a top guy and prove that, you know, um, that height, weight, shape, whatever, um, that I have the ability to lead a company and, and do so very well. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned Texas and it appears that the Texas wrestling scene is just booming right now. There's so much talent coming out of the state and, and so many promotions uh, that are around and really just cultivating the talent and cultivating the scene and, and keeping it, you know, where it is or rather elevating it. What are your thoughts about the Texas wrestling scene right now? And where do you see that going on the next couple of years? It's incredible. Uh, for a while there, you know, you had just about everybody who was doing anything was from here. You know, you've got Starks, Lee, me, Ray Rowe, you know, I mean, you've got so many talented people. Um, and for a while there, when we all kind of got signed, things went away. Uh, people were still crushing it, you know what I mean? But Texas is so big, it seemed to be sort of like uh, um, a world unto itself. Uh, but um, that's credit to the men and women who can, who continue to crush it on the independence while we were elsewhere. Uh, and they've absolutely made sure that this scene uh, has stayed vibrant. Guys like Barrett Brown, Gino Medina, you got Ryan Davidson, uh, you've got uh, Edge Stone, uh, 
you've got uh, the bounty hunter Keith, you know, uh, uh, Lamont Williams, you know, you've got uh, Dante Smiley, you've got so so many so many talented individuals. Excuse me, just crushing it uh, and making sure that uh, the eyes that are on these scenes stay stay popping, stay vibrant. Uh, and it's only going to continue to get better as more talent comes back, you know, and it's going to be able to present even more, you know, dream matches and dream scenarios and put on big shows. So it's going to be fun. Mm, I really like that. I really like to hear that. What is your advice for anyone that wants to get into wrestling, particularly at a time like this, where, as we stated before, things are in flux. It's exciting. Mm-hmm but there's a lot in flux all across the board. So if you had a talent come to you and say, Shane, I want to do what you do. I want to be a wrestler. I want to be a champion. How do I do that? What would you tell them at this moment? You have to have a support system around you of people who truly want the best for you, uh, not who can just see uh, what you can do for them. They they truly have to uh, have your best interest at heart uh, you have to have an undying, unwavering confidence in yourself and your ability. Wrestling is a lot like sales. You're you're going to hear no 99 times, but you still have to be on your A game for that 100th time because that could be the opportunity that you need that's going to make or break your career, right? So you con- you constantly have to be uh, on, on your game mentally as well as physically. Um, and then, of course, there is... Um, making sure that you understand the line between um, someone trying to take advantage of you and making sure you understand when you need to to stand up for yourself. Uh, Because what a lot of people tend to do is they'll label people hard to work with when they stand up for themselves or they speak their mind, especially Black talent. Um, and what they'll do is they'll go, oh, well, they're just hard to work with. No, I'm hard to take advantage of. And I caught you in some bullshit and told you about yourself. You know what I mean? Uh, and usually once that happens, it's, oh, well, uh, I go, no, just tell the truth. You thought, you thought it was sweet. I told you that it wasn't and now your feelings are hurt. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean I'm hard to work with. It doesn't mean that, you know, that you know, you can't be coached or take, take criticism. It simply is what it is. You stood up for your, for yourself as you should in this sport, uh, because people will only do what you allow them to do. Uh, and they will only go so far. So, um, that would be my advice is if you can do those things and put in the work and put in the time, uh, you'll be able to make, um, you'll be able to have, a good career. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be signed somewhere. That's not guaranteeing anything. It's simply, if you can have that, you have a pretty good chance at doing very well in this sport. Hmm. Lovely words. Excellent advice. In my opinion, Mm. Mr. Shane Taylor, thank you so very much. It has been an honor to meet you. Finally, I've been waiting for a while for this interview. I'm so glad that we had the, the chance to talk 
And mm -hmm. I look forward, and I'm sure everyone watching looks forward to seeing what you do next, to seeing what Shane Taylor Promotions does next, and hoping that everything works well with Ring of Honor. Uh, but we'll keep the faith, and we know that things are going to be just fine with you and Shane Taylor Promotions. So thank you for everything that you do, and we love seeing y'all in the ring. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you.